You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field. With, with, with Tyler and friends. Hello! Welcome to the home stretch. I am your host, Tyler Harrison, along with Speedy slash PD slash producer slash co slash host Speedy PD. I like the pattern. Thank you. I like the pattern of your shirt. Anyway, I don't know. Rhymed. Made sense. I did it. Leave me alone. So, yeah, that's where we're at with this. Uh, first of all, a couple things to get off our chest. Um, bum, 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 bum. Tonight, Game 5, NHL Stanley Cup in Boston. We're there right now. Errol Marks doing his thing in the press box. He is there. He was actually at the table Barry Melrose was at. Um, So Errol Marks right now is at the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, live and in charge. So he thinks. I don't know. (laughs) But he uh, he is there, and I'm sure he's very excited to watch uh, the Boston Bruins hopefully lose to the St. Louis Blues, but... We will see. And Zendel uh, Char is a bad, bad man. Bad, bad man. You do something with a broken jaw and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not fun, ladies and gentlemen. It's not fun at all. Um, a lot to get to. A lot to get to. A lot to get to. Carson Wentz is staying in Philly for at least four more years. More than that, probably, but for the next four years. You would, they would hope, but those injuries are scary. What What injuries? The two major ones he's had in his career. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. Anyway, uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, what this means for the futures of all quarterbacks, because Pat Mahomes is next, and Pat Mahomes is going to be a doozy. Which is shocking to me, because they drafted him two years ago. Mm-hmm. Which is asinine, but we'll get into that later. Um, a lot of NBA stuff today. A lot of NBA stuff today. And we're going to start... I know the NBA Finals, Game 4 is Friday. Game 3, Game 3, I don't know how, I, I don't know if I'm the only one that felt this way, but I think I'm in the minority when I say this, but we will save that for later. Right now, we start off with something that happened in Game 3, but has nothing to do with basketball. Uh, on a, I believe it was a missed three-point shot, a loose ball was going by the stands, and Kyle Lowry was making a beeline for the ball. And if you're running that hard, you're not slowing down. So he did dive into the stands. And as he dove and, you know, was getting composed uh, at the time, what people believed was a fan, shoved Kyle Lowry. It actually turned out to be part owner of the Golden State Warriors. I don't know his name. Mark Stevens. Mark Stevens. Uh it was a big to deal. It was a big deal this morning. He's been banned for the rest of the NBA Finals, at least. And I believe the NBA got him indefinitely? No, just for next year. Okay. Um, here's the thing. This is so ass backwards to me. I don't know where to start with this. I really don't. I hate it. I, I hate it for many reasons. First of all, what has been the story this whole postseason so far? Besides, obviously, the basketball games. Drake on the sidelines getting, uh, you know, oh, hugging Nick Nurse, rubbing his shoulders, 
getting in altercations last year with Kedrick Perkins, this year with Draymond Green, talking a bunch of crap to the Bucks. But somebody, and I listen, 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 listen. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form a fan or anyone sitting in the stand should put their hands on somebody, period, whether it's another fan or a player and vice versa. But there's a huge double standard here. A huge one. And it's so funny to me because when the player, nobody complains when a player is getting pushed or talked to by another celebrity. That's fun. That's fair. LeBron didn't open his mouth when Drake was, you know, barking at Draymond in game two. Nobody was tweeting, oh, let's suspend Drake. No, no. Everyone was like, oh, no, it's fine. Just tone it down. It's okay. It's like in school when two kids do the same thing, but the kid that gets an A on the test, you let him go, but the kid that gets a C in the test, ah, you're you're the one. <laughs> you must be doing it. It's you. Meanwhile, they're both equally guilty. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is why the NBA is viewed as how it's viewed. It's not bigger than football, even though football to me is ran just as bad, if not worse. <laughs> no, football is ran at the front office end of it way worse. <laughs> Baseball. They're not better than... But to me, basketball will never top baseball. In terms of what? Uh, enjoyment to watch. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Baseball is definitely more interesting. Absolutely. Playoff baseball beats anything, so... Mm, I don't know about that. I think playoff hockey tops all. Well, fine, but hockey's a distant fourth. Well, in, So it, in, it's almost irrelevant. Right, but I'm just saying in terms of actual, like, the whole playoffs being great... And I agree with parity, you, but it's not, it's, not, it's not close as far as... No, oh, well, hockey's this and hockey's that. Oh, well, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. You just judged it based on the playoffs. Absolutely. And of course, M- MLB playoffs are far along better than NBA. We know that for a fact. You can predict the NBA playoffs almost immediately. Right. <laughs> almost immediately. We all found out this year you can't predict the NHL standing playoffs. I think I went over 12. Yes. I don't think I got a single playoff matchup right. You've that a lot. <laughs> It's always a we- it's weird. It's always, it's always weird. weird. Always. But interestingly enough, the part to me that doesn't make any sense. What was so bad about it? It was a competitor diving onto another If you're an owner of a team, you want your team to win obviously. But let's just call spade a spade. Do you think the owner wanted to see Kyle Lowry dive into the stands? No. Golden State was getting beat, I want to say 13 or 10 by that point. Okay. The chances of winning game three. Why is that within the rules, though? It's not. not, But again, we've already established that Drake was doing it. No one said a word. This is an unfair punishment to Golden State. It's it's just simply another notch on the belt. No, it's Golden State. So, oh, you touch them, you're done. Golden State's becoming that team. The Yankees, the Patriots, the uh, Spurs are loved. But the Patriots, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Rangers get screwed too. Uh, it's They're becoming one of those teams. Uh, we're just going to hit them wherever we can. I don't get it. And to be honest with you, 
it's the wrong time to do so. We'll get right now into the game itself. Toronto won game three, and I'm sure a lot of Golden State fans loved it, or Golden State haters loved it, I should say. Uh, They're up 2-1 now after winning 123-109 to in game three of the NBA Finals. My message to everyone that thinks that the Raptors are going to win this series is what it's been all year. That meant nothing last night. All five starters all had 17. He's physically not able to play 30 minutes anymore. Golden State lost by 14. But why is that a bad thing from a team effort perspective, though? The only one that showed up for Golden State last night was Steph Curry. Draymond had an okay shooting night. He was good in the fourth quarter. He was very good in the fourth quarter. Outside of Curry and Draymond, the only other player, 14, your Toronto. Fred Van Fleet, every shot he hit was highly contested. I'm seeing the better team in the series. But they did it in so many different ways, though. How? That Toronto also... One with a lot of different styles of play. They got it with with the defense, like you were saying. Ibaka was blocking shots. They were hitting transition layups after that. They were shooting threes in the beginning of the game. That's fine. They were driving to the hoop. They were doing it in so many different ways, and like you were saying, with so many different people that for the Raptors, that was a problem for a long time. They couldn't win like that. That's a big thing for them. I would say Ibaka and half guy. I would say Kyle. On drop for uh, Steph Curry doesn't probably get that much either, though. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. They had a lot of guys playing well. That's my point. Outside Kawhi Leonard, because that's a little boogie in game two, he outplayed Boogie outplayed Marco Gasol in game two. But he's, I think he's been more good than bad, though. For the most no, part. that's not what I'm saying. But Golden, we're comparing game two, he was the best player on the floor. Game three, he was shot. Mark Demarcus Cousins could barely get up and down the court. The best player on the floor last night was Steph Curry. Okay. Okay. The next, I'd say, three, four players from that game that were good were all Toronto guys. Then Draymond. Okay. So what you're taking, no, it's not. Toronto, and this is what I've been saying. To beat Golden State, you need everything to line up. You need everything to go right, and you better hope Golden State ain't knocking down shots. Because god damn, if they if they don't have that, Golden State's win this series. Now I get well, it. obviously, yeah, but still they're the they're just so deep. Right, but I know that, but they still did it in different ways where even if again Clay Thompson comes back and takes out one guy again, how many other guys are you gonna be relying upon? You're gonna again you're gonna hope Alonzo McKinney plays well, you're gonna hope Alonzo McKinney was awful last night. I know, I'm just saying, are you gonna you have to Again, hope from this, that guy to to play well. Other the other bench guys, Jordan Bell, I like, but again, he hasn't been too. used a lot. Quinn is Cook, he, is Quinn he Cook's been the only up? bench guy I trust. Yes, Quinn Cook has been fine, but still, like they need other guys to step up and play that role. Quinn Cook's not going to play the role of an interior defender because he isn't that. The Warriors have Draymond, but Draymond can't play the whole game, and the Raptors were taking advantage when he wasn't on the floor, so. They're just contending every game imaginable, and being that they have two home games left, we have a series now. No, I, I get we have they won in different ways. I don't think what you understand is they won 
they were able to do different ways because Golden State right now is just hobbling. Bite your face. This is the NBA. I'm not saying teams throw games or anything like that, but let's not act like Golden State might not have said, we're going to get KD back now. KD's probably not playing later. Clay Thompson's going to be out this game. He, If they're down 2-0, Clay Thompson plays last night. Let's sit Clay tonight. Let's hope that we can get one out at home. They proved they can go up there in Toronto in a tough game. You know they can win a game at Oracle. They haven't lost a game at Oracle in what? Two years? In the playoffs? Well, before yesterday, yeah. Well, right. They know they can win at home. You've got at least two more. Well, you've got two more home games, hopefully, for your sake. What the hell? Why not? I And, again, if you're going to play Clay Thompson game three and you lose, that, that's all right. We were in trouble. If Toronto went up one and two and Golden State won last night three, in the game four, winning game three, what would everybody be saying right now? They're going to tie it up 2-2. Two, two. Sure, but... They're getting blown out. Oh, this is the year. Oh, 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 Kevin Durant's half gone. Oh, oh, here we go. No. No. Sorry. Oh, and this whole notion that Steph Curry can't play in the NBA Finals or the playoffs? Please, let's stop bringing that up. Please. Okay? The guy showed up last night. He was the only player on the floor that could knock down any shot he wanted. He was double and triple teamed the entire second half, damn near. What 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 else did you want the guy to do? Oh, well, that's been their game plan the whole time is to try to let him have his and take out everybody else and then just I guess stop him when they needed to. In the second half, you're right, they were double teaming him, but again, they were making sure that it wasn't a my trust Toronto Allen guy. I know what he's done in the community for himself and his I get all that. He's a good guy. He's a good three-point shooter, he's a good D guy. The guy was a throw-in piece. Sent. Toronto wasn't give us Kawhi Leonard, and we'll give you DeMar DeRozan and um, uh, Jacob Portal. And uh, No. Toronto said, if you want Kawhi Leonard, you're taking Danny Cream's contract too. Toronto said, fine. Uh, it, it's not like they, Danny Green is capable. He's very capable of doing this every night from here on out. Is it likely though? I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know how likely that is. But even well, what was he with the Spurs though? The breakthrough. You didn't expect him to play well because he's not the star you're playoff gonna performer. Do it too. You're gonna you're gonna compare Popovich to Nick Nurse. I'm not. But I'm you not. are. No, I'm not. I'm comparing his role. Dan, but the but exactly the role is what the coach puts you in. Right, but Greg Popovich made it very possible for Danny Green to have great nights. All right. All right, no, I'm I'm not saying that, but if you're the opponent, just like Brad you, Stevens, the best coach, are you league, gonna right? are you gonna go? Oh, Danny Green is burning us. Let's put our best defender on him now. No, you're not gonna say that if Kyle Lowry's still there and Kawhi Leonard's still there. You're not no, gonna I, say that. Kyle Lowry, I'd let shoot half the time. No, I know. I'm just saying other opposing coaches aren't going to think like that, and that's why his value as a playoff performer has always been there, though. So and I and I'm not disagreeing with you and I, I understand where you're coming from. That's why I said he's capable of doing this from here on out. It's just not likely. Let, let's be honest. Do I have more faith in Clay, Draymond, and Steph Curry to win game four? Yeah, I do. I 
you need to win one more in Toronto and one more at home. That's yeah. It. Now, th- now it's interesting though because if that scenario does, what a long series for a team that has all this miles on their legs and stuff like that be beneficial to them too though. <laughs> you might have had a choice. Healthy than not healthy last night. I think it was, oh yeah two days ago meeting and you guys they need to. Ronald's not gonna like. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, when Kevin Durant comes back, is going to have a very hard time. Very hard time. Kevin Durant's not a great defender, but his length will give Kawhi Leonard enough problems. Well, Kawhi is length too, though, though. Well, right. But Kev, I'm not worried about Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant does not need to shoot. I doubt he would be, but I can't imagine that kind of thing happening to the Warriors. I just It amazes me. It really does. I, I don't know why this notion is still here. And I get it. Listen, last night, Toronto, Golden State would make mini runs and be like, all right, is this the run where they get they turn it up and they get they slide this game to a single digit? No point in the fourth quarter I ever feel like, ah, oh, they're going to do it. I said, all right, it's 10 now. Let's see what happens. I think they got it down to seven. Mm-hmm. Ah, never, never really felt like they were sincerely in the game. It just kind of felt like Steph Curry was knocking down wide open shots. Well, not wide open, but knocking down shots at all. But again, if I'm Tor- I'm just saying, if I'm Toronto, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It's like when Tom Brady's pissed off. You don't want to play the Patriots. It's like when the Saints lose right, a road game. Emotion- you don't want to play them. That's at an home. emotional thing versus a game planning thing, though. I think you should have you should have listened to Draymond last night. When Draymond Green is calm, that's not good. Not that's to the fine. league. That's fine. But a calm Draymond Green is not good for Toronto. That means Toronto you're getting a triple-double machine on Friday night. He's getting at least 10, 10, and 10. Okay. And he's most like, and again, I don't understand. Draymond Green's done a pretty good job on Kawhi Leonard this series. Iguodala and him have done a fairly good job. It's when he's guarded by anybody else, Kawhi Leonard has a great night. Or scores. I'm just not, I don't buy them as viable options for Golden State. I just don't. And again, like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. It just doesn't feel like Toronto's winning this series. It feels like Golden State's losing it. That's fine, but again, Toronto still has to do things in order to make that happen too. And I think the game plan they had was good enough. Like they could have overreacted to Clay Thompson being out and saying, "All right, everybody go shoot at this guy. Everybody go shoot at this guy," and just had a predictable game plan like that. They didn't. They had a spread around game plan. They attacked different areas, and defensively, they while they let Steph Curry have his, they made sure to make sure Cousins didn't duplicate. They made sure that Draymond didn't play his facilitator role. They were, and that's something that might change with Thompson back, obviously, but it still shows that they can play in a lot of different ways. I mean, that's one way to look at it. You can also look at it as you just woke up a sleeping giant. 
Sure. That's I. Game four will decide everything we need to know. They really will. Toronto, if Golden State wins game four, but it's even like a, oh my God, I survived game four. That, that, that's a problem. That, then, then I will raise a white flag and say, okay, Golden State's in deep trouble. I'm not even saying they're in trouble. I'm just saying that. They could be. It's I, not, I just don't believe that they are. It's not what we're expecting them to have to deal with. Giving, giving what Toronto has been in the past and giving how they had to win in different ways throughout the playoffs, you didn't know if they could do it. Everyone's thinking, oh, Golden State in five, Golden State maybe in six, but with some blowouts. Like, it still has been a struggle throughout, and Toronto seems like the team that's just more used to being battle-tested at this point, which is rare for everything we knew them to be in the past. I don't know. I really, I, I just don't buy it. I just don't. Some, and, and by the way, this is another thing, because I know I read this on Twitter and it really pisses me off. Let me, may, let, I don't know how many times I have to keep bringing this up, but I guess I'll answer it every day of my life. Let me make one thing clear about something here, Okay. Because I don't have LeBron as my greatest player of all time, it's not disrespectful. Okay? I don't have to have him as my best player of all time. It, it's just ridiculous. It's asinine. Okay? And if I'm going to sit here every day and have this argument, it's really not me. It's more you. Stop. Just let it go. Okay? LeBron James is a top 10 player of all time. I understand that. I've never disputed that. I said he's not Jordan. 2011 makes him not Michael Jordan alone. Uh, to me, it's not even a debate after that. Oh, you hate it. You, you think Kobe's better. Well, let me, and I know for a fact that this is what I was told about LeBron being better than Kobe. More efficient. Steph Curry was the most efficient player in the league last night. He's the most efficient player in the league every night. LeBron plays better defense than Kobe, which is a lie. So you don't care about defense. So it doesn't matter. LeBron's better on defense than Steph. LeBron dropped 51 in a loss. Curry dropped 47 in a loss. Steph Curry won a reign without a megastar on his team. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he's the architect behind one of, if not the greatest single season team we've ever seen. Hmm. But yeah, everyone keeps bringing up LeBron. This is the problem with the NBA. Oh, well, the ratings are down because LeBron LeBron's not in the playoffs. Excuse me. No. The ratings are down because everyone and their mother in July of last year picked Golden State to be in the finals this year. That's why the finals are down. Everyone predicted Boston, Philly, Toronto, and who's the team I'm missing? In the East? Yeah. The Bucks. Milwaukee. Well, they people weren't as high as the Bucks at the beginning of the season. You and I were, but not right. everybody. 
the East was not a surprise to me. I said Toronto could probably fall off. They didn't, obviously. But outside of Boston not making the finals, is there really a huge surprise right now? No. Not really. Golden State beat Houston. Half of it without Kevin Durant. They walked through Portland without Kevin Durant. They're winning a game in the NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. I'm confused as to why that means the Rays are down because of LeBron. Oh, well, LeBron tweeted about the incident pushing. LeBron James has to tweet about that. He's the ambassador of basketball. If he doesn't, everyone's going to get on his case for not paying attention. Kudos. I understand LeBron James was going to met. He LeBron had to. He had no choice. Uh, I don't get it. Why? Why is he? I, I, and it's not even me. I think I. I think that I don't like the media bringing up LeBron as much as I don't like LeBron. It's ridiculous. You guys go out of your. Oh, we need a story to grasp on. Uh, oh, LeBron wants out of LA if they whiff on free agency. No crap. Because guess what L.A. is becoming? Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron left Cleveland twice. I'd won out too. Oh, LeBron doesn't like Luke Walton. He didn't like Luke Walton when he got there. Oh, LeBron's going to bring Kyrie to L.A. No, he's not. He wasn't going to. I'm sorry if you believe that. Uh, it, it never really had any any sauce to me to even worth met. We talked about it. There was no shot in hell Kyrie was going to play in L.A. He wanted out of Cleveland to be underneath. Le- he didn't want to be underneath LeBron anymore. He's not going to go back because he had two bad seasons. Or one bad season and then one bad postseason series. He's not going to go back to LeBron for that. Uh, LeBron's going to leave if Anthony Davis isn't coming. No. I don't think the Lakers are going to get Anthony Davis anyway. No, not really. Do you want a story about LeBron James? Where's LeBron going to get traded to? Lakers aren't going to get any top-notch free agent. Jimmy Butler's not going to L.A. Kawhi Leonard's going to go to the Clippers, not the Lakers. Kevin Durant is either going to stay in Golden State or go out east. Giannis, Giannis ain't going nowhere. Kemba Walker's either going to go to the Knicks or stay in Charlotte. And my money's on for him to stay in Charlotte. I think Anthony Davis is going to Boston. You're, and here's the other thing. And I hate to do this. I do. But it would benefit both the Lakers and LeBron James to part ways at this point now. The Lakers have a terrible foundation. They tried to build a bridge on a bound foundation, and the bridge is going to give in. That's what's going to happen. They drafted Lonzo. He looks like he's going to be a complete bust. Brandon Ingram might not play next year. You're going to keep most likely Kyle Kuzma. Josh Hart's probably going to gone. JaVale McGee? He's your best player with LeBron? I I, I don't know. 
Doesn't sound appealing to me. Hey, the Warriors never swept a final until they got JaVale McGee. <laughs> what else they got? Oh, boy. Yep. Here he is. Mr. Errol Marks. They allow you to call from Hello? Boston? Hello? You hear me? Yeah, yeah how's me? it going? Yep. It's good, man. It's crazy over here. It's crazy over here. Zero, zero. One minute and 55 seconds left for the first period. Zero, zero. It's, uh, really? It's You're 15 seconds ahead of us. How much time did you say? Well, now it's... It, well, yeah, I guess it can't be exact. I think the stadium is exact, then the TV, and then the video. I think that's how radio works, I think. As you get booing right now. Get any good interviews there, yeah, buddy? Yeah, you guys hear it a little bit. Asked if you got any good interviews. I um, mentioned that. Yep. Yeah, I saw Barry Melrose. I talked to Barry Melrose about the Islanders. Oh. He's right now the NHL transitioning the way it has uh, with two teams right now, the Boston Bruins and the Blues. The, the Blues with a rookie goaltender. I mean, just uh, different things that I conversated with him. Mm. Uh, Ray Ferraro. Nice. Uh, Bobby Moore with like within two feet of me. Wow. I saw Ray Bork. I went on the elevator hmm. and I was talking to Ray Bork. I got the pictures on Snapchat so you guys could check that out. I saw Ray Bork, as you guys know. Hall of Famer, defenseman. Yep. Can I ask a question? Have you ever met Barry Melrose before? Yes, I have. Okay. So your, your, your first question to him was about the New York Islanders? There was no question. We were talking about his family. What I, I actually walked up to him and said, I remember you when I was a kid watching you on, uh, I guess you could say, NHL, uh, ESPN, uh, Sports Night and stuff like that. And I said, I told him I, I'm a big fan of him when he won the Stanley Cup. So, uh, you know, conversating with him. Oh, thank God. Because if you would have brought up the Islanders immediately, there's no way he would have looked at us with any type of credibility. Well, obviously he knew that I was from Long Island, so he mentioned the Islanders. And once he mentioned the Islanders, I asked him what he thought about what the Islanders did this year. And he was very impressed with them. He loves their farm system. He loves what they're doing. And he loves Lou Lamorello, and he believes he's going to bring the championship home to Long Island. That's what he pretty much told me. He says they got a good... Uh, Coach, obviously Barry Trotz, who's one of the top coaches in the NHL, and he says he loves what they're doing. The transition of where they were two years ago to what they are now, and and how they made the playoffs, how they squeezed into the playoffs the way they did, and and, and the impressive game that they put off last season. So, um, I, I, it's, it's really cool. Actually, it's it's it's, uh, it's zero zero. Mm-hmm. 17 to 8. The Bruins have 17 shots. Yeah. And the St. Louis Blues have 8. So, yeah, the Bruins' forecheck has been really uh, good again. They're dominating the first period. Yeah. Bruins' forecheck was really good again, like they were in game one. Yeah, and, and as you know, in game one, in the first period, the Bruins really uh, the Bruins really took over the first period, and then slowly but surely, we see the transition. Remember, St. Louis is a much bigger team. Yes. They're a much bigger team than uh, the Bruins. So. And it's funny because I, when I was area, before the game, Ben Marchand was uh, 
was running out. He was running out trying to grab a ladder. He grabbed a 20-foot ladder, and he runs right through the press screaming, I got it, I got it. So uh, Marshan, is, he, he's a character. I'll tell you right now, he's a, he's a really funny character. You know, it, it's all different people, all the people that you grew up with. So Mike Milbury didn't really get to talk to him. No, I wouldn't it's talk to him people. either. Any questions for me, guys? Since yeah, so I wanted. To, I wanted to ask, what was the uh, reaction when they found out the Char was playing? Oh man, I have some video. I, I didn't get the when they when they did the announcements because there's so much video, but it's crazy. I, I'm gonna have so much video to post up on Facebook. Our Facebook. Um, I, I, we will have interviews at the end of the game. Uh, we will go down to the. The, the locker rooms and interview some of the players. So um, it, it's going to be fun, man. It, it's definitely an experience. The crowd is crazy over here. Even going down to the, you know, the crowd and asking some questions to the crowd, it's crazy. You don't believe when you're in the press area, you don't know how many old or ex-NHL superstars are here right now. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It's a story so, franchise. It makes sense. It's it, it, you know, bumping into like, like I told you, I bumped into Ray Bork and Bobby Orr. And uh, like I told you, Barry Melrose, Ray Ferraro's here. Yep. Um, but just all different NHL players. They, they're just walking right through. Like, you know, Ashley was, uh, Ashley was like, you know who that was? I was like, no, it's uh, Patrick Laline. You know, you know him, <laughs> ex-Pittsburgh uh, Penguin goaltender. You know, they're just, <laughs> they're all over the place, you know, and, you know, you, you can't really get interviews with them because they're they're working, but it, right. it's, it's incredible and 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 it's uh it's something that you'll you know you dream you know you dream that me as a hockey player where I saw myself in, in you know growing up as a hockey player and and everybody knows the story behind my my story, but uh, just being around some of these players that you looked up to growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Which... By the way, there's a guy I could uh, ex. Uh, I believe Hall of Famer just walked right past me. Chris Pronger. Just oh, wow. Right mm-hmm. There you go. He's the only blue really worth knowing. Well, he didn't even play with them their whole career either. I think he was, what was he, only at the end of his career he played with the Blues? Uh, I think I think it was. I think it was the end of his career. Okay. But he just passed me. He just passed me. So it, it's, it's crazy, dude. I, I'm walking around. I saw uh, Mike Emmerich. Uh, as you know, Doc Emmerich. Right. Uh, I saw him. Uh, I, it's all the people. If you guys love hockey and you, you watch hockey, the, the people say, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Where are you going, Ash? <laughs> He's roaming around. <laughs> He's probably trying to, trying to find a player that none of us will know. And like, oh, wait, that's him. <laughs> well, it, it, it's crazy because it's soft. If you go, if you come here to the um, TD Garden, uh, we're on the ninth floor where the press stands, and it goes around in a circle on top. So all the press is surrounded from the top. And they sit oh, wow. on top, there's a little glass, you look down. Mm-hmm. Incredible, because the people, everybody that you look up, look up to when it comes to the hockey world, uh, radio show hosts. Um, TV host that you watch. If you watch the NHL Network, I saw Kevin Week. Oh, wow. I talked to Kevin Week mm-hmm. in the elevator. You know what I mean? They're, just, they're all over the place. So it's, it's incredible. It's a, it's, a, it's 
a great experience, and I, I, I'm enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get some videos, so you guys are going to have the opportunity to see some of the things that I see. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It really is. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'll tell you this. I, the drive with Ashley was crazy, I mean, annoying, but in the end it was all worth it. Hello? Yeah. Where's I'm here. I'm here. Oh no, I, I thought you cut out. This is your this is your this is your uh this is your show, man. I mean No, you, I yeah, wanna yeah, hear yeah, about your trip at the finals. I don't really care about my show. I wanna hear about the finals. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you I, here's another thing. When you go downstairs to, to the media, when you when we came in, they had dinner for us. And they had blocked you know, sitting right next to you. I'm like And I was like, uh, the first thing I said to him, I was like, you know, I I used to watch you on ESPN every every Wednesday night for Wednesday night hockey. Right. And he, he's like, I looked up to look looked up to you as an analyst, as a coach, and, and he was like, I appreciate it. He's like, you look up, Barry. So we had a conversation. It's just it's crazy, dude. I was walked right in. I walked right in, and Bobby Orr just like accidentally nudged me. He said, I'm sorry. He said, excuse me. So it, it's it, it's crazy. I mean. I saw so many people probably didn't notice because they walked so fast, you know, past me, and I probably didn't recognize them right away. I mean, um, Ashley was telling me, every single person, he's like, you know who that is? You know who that is? I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I, but I, don't, I don't know. Who was it? You know? So, um, LeCavier is here. Peter LeCavier is here. So, mm-hmm. uh it's uh, it's fun, man. I'm, I'm having a good time. I, I've never been to the TV Garden, so this is the first time for me. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful stadium. Like when, when you come into Boston, you couldn't even tell it was a stadium. That's the crazy thing. When you when you look at it, it doesn't, doesn't look like a stadium. Yeah, no. the out the outside of it's like, isn't it? It's very like plain. I'm, I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, looks like, it just looks like a regular old. Um... Uh, the building, it? yeah, right. It's con- and it's connect and it's connected to the railroad. It- it's funny. It's just like Madison Square Garden. It's just like Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. But Madison Square Garden looks like a, a stadium on the outside. This right. does not. Right. So. All right. You got any predictions? Uh I have St. I have St. Louis winning this game. I think. It's- uh, I, I think uh, right now the crowd's going crazy in Stutu. A lot of people think that uh, everything is going uh, the Boston Bruins way right now, 17 to 8. They're dominating uh, the neutral zone. But I, I do believe in the second second period, I think St. Louis will use their body, use their strength against, and use it at will against the Boston Bruins. And I think they'll they'll draw first blood. I think it's going to be. This is going to be a very uh, low-scoring game. Agreed. I could see mm-hmm. it going to overtime. I could see a one-one going to overtime. I could, could go double overtime. I hope not because I got to drive home. So <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I want to get these interviews. I want to get the hell out of here. You know? right. Cause, uh, cause I know it's going to be a, it's three and a half hours to get here from Long Island. So mm-hmm. I got to drive by Ashley home, Bayside, uh, Queens. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't go to overtime. But the way it's going, it probably could, though, with this physical game so far. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching your show, and, and uh, I'll, 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 I'll 
send some uh, I'll send some messages your way while uh, your show is going on, and uh, I'll have video. I have a lot of video for for everybody to see when we get back home, and hopefully the series goes to Game Seven because we'll be back here uh, Game Seven next week. So yeah, that would be interesting. Game Seven yep. in that arena with this series the way it's gone. I'm waiting for my invitation. Don't worry, Tyler. Don't worry. I'll, I'll get a I'll get a video before I leave here. I'll, I'll send a video your way. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Just keep your clothes on this time. <laughs> uh, don't worry. My clothes will stay on. Oh. All right, boys. I gotta go. All, All right, right. Enjoy the enjoy. game. Enjoy. All right, man. Oh, Marks. Once again, we didn't lie. He is at the NHL Stanley Cup Finals in Boston. The TD Garden. The whole nine. It's all there. He's there. Literally, he's like there, mm-hmm. and we're here doing scrub work. <laughs> we we screwed up, Speedy. We should have went. What you were going to do? Sneak in the back of the car? <laughs> we could just knock out Errol and take his press pass. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have a press pass that looks nothing like us. <laughs> Interesting. I shaved my hair. Yes, because Errol definitely shaved his hair. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, you could try, but right. it would be tough in like these modern security things. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> now I'm depressed. Anyway, uh, when we come back, I don't know what we were saying. I think you were ranting about how the media is infatuated with LeBron. <laughs> mm. Mm, I'm over that. All right, well, next on the home stretch, we talk about the NBA free agency frenzy that's going to be looming, and um, what else? You wanted to talk about Carson Wentz's contract? Yes, Carson Wentz, why the NFL is going down a dangerous path. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hello. Welcome back to the home stretch. Um. I am... Very excited to be here with you. (sighs) Anyway, what? We doing the show in slow motion now? Like sloth. <laughs> Not now, Batman. Um, so yeah, there a couple things. Um, I don't remember where I left off, Speedy. You wanted to do NBA free agency. So. Yes. What would I do without you, Speedy? 
Literally, I have no idea. I'd probably still be sitting here. Um, so the NBA free agency apparently has taken a huge twist. Um, Kyrie Irving is now considering and heavily leaning towards going to the Brooklyn Nets, not the New York Knicks. The Knicks have availability to sign not one, but two max free agents. The Clippers and the Nets have the same. The Lakers can afford one max free agent. And they are believed to put a package together to land another megastar and place him next to LeBron James and or trade LeBron James himself. And according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN, buckle up your seatbelts, it's going to be fun. (laughs) I don't know. And the boss, oh wow, St. Louis is up one to nothing. Either a bad clear or a bad rebound allowed by the Bruins. I couldn't tell. And was that Ryan O'Reilly again? Yep. Damn, Buffalo probably regrets letting him go, huh? No, that's not a bad clear. Oh, no, that's that was just a good pass. It was a good play. pass. Okay. I, I I thought it was the Bruins defender that missed tried to clear it and whiffed or something like that. No, that's a nice pass by Zach Sanford, who was I think he was only he was just in the lineup last game. Like that's that's an unexpected source. No, it's an unexpected source. What? Your ass. Anyway. Wow. You went there, huh? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to add some life. It's a little slow today. But um, yeah. I just, you know what we're gonna do? I'm I'm gonna have you ask me those questions again because I, we're dying here, but. The free agency to me really that there's gonna be players that move. Ironically, the 76ers weren't one of those teams that even got mentioned. So to me, that means they might lose, if not both. I think they're definitely losing Butler. I'm not sure about Harris yet, because if they lose Harris, they don't have. Well, they got Reddick, but besides that, they don't have any shooters. I, I, I think Reddick is a free agent too. Oh, well, then, yeah, that makes it, I think, even more vital to hang on to Harris. Now, Butler, I think, is the better player, but I I still am not sure about the fit there with him just because, one, while he is well-rounded, he's still not a shooter, and two, he left, he had trouble with his other teams because he had trouble with young players, and... It seems like they're still not in sync with everybody. Him and Embiid, him and Simmons, guys like that. So I feel like he would be the odd man out here. Unless, again, they do sign both. But I, again, I think the Sixers are going to prioritize signing Harris first. Yep. They signed a one year deal with Philly. Already? No. So 18 19 is his last year, and now he's a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I got to be honest. I just want to see him go to Golden State so bad. Butler? No. Or Redick. Redick. Oh. I feel like that would just be poetic motion. That'd be scary. Because mm-hmm. J.J. Redick's a top 10 three-pointer, too, all the time. Yep. I, I, I've always liked J.J. And first couple of years, I felt bad because he just he was on such a bad team. And Orlando really never, never got to use his talent, but <laughs> I mean he's here now, and that's all that matters. But I just 
I don't know. Kawhi Leonard, you kind of know where he's going. Mm-hmm. See, the Clippers, maybe he'll surprise everybody and go back to Toronto. I don't buy that. <sighs> Kemba Walker most likely stays in Charlotte. I could see that. Kyrie, I think, is going to go to Brooklyn. But here's the thing about Brooklyn. Kyrie by himself doesn't put you really anywhere else. Because D'Angelo Russell did play at a Kyrie Irving level last year. Right, and also it'll, it'll also matter of who else would be coming with Kyrie because I don't know if he would want to go there if nobody else is going there. I think mm, the, re- the, re- the reason the Knicks thing was so big for a while is because it, it was him and Durant for a while. But I don't think Durant would go to the Nets if that's the case. So if if it's not him, who else are you going to lure? Maybe that's the team Butler goes to. I know they were saying Kyrie and Butler were talking about playing in the, in an Eastern Conference team for a while. Maybe that's a spot for him. It's interesting because, I, again, I don't think Kyrie would go on his own. And, again, would the Nets really want to have to take a chance on – having Kyrie be the only guy when you saw what happened with, again, a similarly operating and a similarly structured, even with, even though they didn't have the talent team as what the Celtics were. All right. Well, we broke the news yesterday of Craig Kimbrough going to the Cubs, so we're going to break this now. Dallas Keigel's going to the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes zero sense to me. For Keiko and for the Braves. But, I mean, you already got Josh Johnson on a one-year deal, so I guess adding Keiko for that really doesn't matter. Uh, Keiko probably won't pitch till after the All-Star break, so it's fine. But Yeah, I don't, again, I, just, I don't mind the deal if you're Keiko, unless, again, he got underpaid. The contract terms are still coming out. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see why it makes sense for the Braves. I, and maybe you just add a lefty in that rotation, but Max Fried's pitched well. Like I said, Soroka's pitched well. Newcomb has been good. So do they really need that guy? I mean, unless they want to use him for long relief in the bullpen, maybe for the playoffs is is, is the strategy there. But depending on what they pay him, is that going to really be worth it either? I don't know. It's an interesting move depending on the money, which, again, hasn't come out yet. This really sucks for one team, though. The New York Yankees are in trouble. I thought you said that you didn't want him. <laughs> I didn't, but, well, nah, I don't know. Severino's not coming back. Paxton, eh. Hap, I don't know what you're going to get out of Hap. I mean, they gave up 11 runs last night to a horrible team with the Blue Jays. I don't know, man. It It, it, it seems like... They just don't want to pay anybody. You lost Patrick Colburn because of a year. How bad does that look right about now? Yeah, but Corbin's not pitching amazing either, though. He's better than three-fourths of the Yankees rotation. Fair, but again, you're still dealing with a, a price with that, too. And you're dealing with, again, the long-term success of Corbin, too. The extra year for a guy who's been injury prone, again, could hurt the Nationals too. I'm sure the Yankees weren't the only team concerned about that extra year. Because, again, I'm sure nobody had the Nationals on Patrick Corbin's radar. 
didn't let Machado. You didn't let. Oh, boy. Well, we have a caller on the phone. Again, if you want to call after this guy hangs up, 631 676 2968 is the number to call. And we are live. Who is this? Your your, your guy. Welcome to the home stretch. Who the hell are you? Your favorite guy. <laughs> Jeff? I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? Mr. Snow? That would be me. Hello, Mr. Snow. How are you, my good man? <laughs> I am well, sir. How are you? I'm all right, man. You you disappointed me. I went on a rant before about the NBA, and you didn't tune in. Well, one, I'm at work, and two, I had to actually pay attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother you at work. That's, look, it's it's quite okay. This is a respite for me. And no. I got a rant of my own about the NBA come tomorrow. Trust me. So I, I, I will ask you this because I, I was kind of hoping you'd call. Okay, let me have it. Now, I said, and I think I'm in the minority when I say this, I have zero concerns about Golden State after last night, and I have more worries about Toronto than I have about Golden State going forward. Toronto's going down in six games. Does that confirm what you want to say? Yep, because I said that, listen, all five of Toronto's starters played out of their minds. The only guy that showed up for Golden State for the whole game was Steph. Draymond had a good fourth quarter, but Steph Curry was the only one that dominated the game. Clay Thompson yeah, is going to State help the defensive enough. side. Yeah, Golden State just didn't have enough horses last night. Uh, and the rotation was thrown off not having Clay in the lineup. Absolutely. I mean, Quinn Cook's played pretty good when he's on the floor. But, I mean, he's really just getting open shots because they don't want Steph shooting. Exactly. And, again, it's- I don't think they need because Durant to come said, back. No, they, they, Durant can stay home. It's when Clay is out of the lineup, the rotation's thrown all the way off. I would love to have Durant for the clincher yes. next weekend, but at the same time, Clay's coming back Friday, and he's going to be out of his mind. The rotation's going to be back in motion, especially with Boogie in the lineup. And I wouldn't be surprised, and you heard it here first, if Boogie comes off the bench and Andrew Bogut gets the start Friday night just to cross up Toronto. <laughs> you think you said it first. I said that after game one. Mm-hmm. But Bogut needs to play more. you got two capable bigs. you got two capable bigs with Bogut and Cousins. Only difference, Bogut's got nine years age-wise on Boogie. Right. But they bring the same kind of skill set to that system. So if you start Bogut, you're still going to get your ball handling. You're still going to get Bogut with having a chance to push the ball on the floor. You spread the floor with, with the Splash Brothers, and you can run the ball through either Bogut, or if you think about it, you can run it through Draymond Green. Right. And that's been Draymond's strength this whole series is kind of manning the offense. Yep. Now, my other question to you is this, because I think I'm alone when I, on this one, too. Steph went off last night. He went off last night, and I said, I don't know if you saw my tweet or not, but Steph Curry last night proved he's the best player in basketball by far. His efficiency. He's been the best player in basketball since 2009. 
It just took him a while to get to that point, and it took the right team around him to get to that point. How do you like? That? How about those apples for those who doubt? I like. I like. I like the apple juice. I'll take some more of your tea. But <laughs> what? Again, I don't know how fair this is. But after LeBron lost game one last year and dropped 50, what was it, 51? Mm-hmm. Everyone 51. said, oh, LeBron, LeBron, see, LeBron can't, see, LeBron's got no help. LeBron's got no help. Steph drops 47, and it's, oh, well, Golden State just, it's because Clay Thompson is hurt. Why is there such a double standard for Steph Curry than there is LeBron James? Because LeBron James because doesn't have a Clay Thompson. Like <laughs> Period. LeBron, LeBron James didn't James have a Clay said, Thompson. I'll say it again, and I said it on your program. I said it on my program. I broke a few hundred feathers on other programs by saying the following statement, and I'll say it again. LeBron James has been the most mediocre player I've seen in 20 years. But also, LeBron James didn't have like a Clay Thompson with, either. When you're spoiled with greats like Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Alex English, I can go on and on and on from that golden era. Golden. And then a team like Golden State pops up and plays ball like a team with actually having positions. People want to think it's a positionless NBA. Don't tell that to Steve Kerr. Don't tell that to Mike Brown. Don't tell that to Joe Lacob. Don't tell that to Dub Nation because these players know their positions. And yet people want to give LeBron a pass for the past 16 years. Oh, he can go one to five. Baloney. He can't check Draymond Green on a nightly basis. He can't check Andrew Bogan on a nightly basis. And on his little finger, I'll uh, play LeBron and not one but two finals. I'm going to ask you another question because I, I don't know if we've ever – have I asked you if you think Kobe's better than LeBron? Shall I go there? Yes, because I go there all the time, and I'm sick of being alone. Okay. Then I will join you in this. The only player or, or several – there are a few players I can put above Kobe, including his airness, but I put Kobe miles ahead of LeBron. Miles. Thank you. You're it's good waiting, not you were waiting for somebody. It's not it's just good to not be alone. My <laughs> island has another bean on it. That's great. Listen, I'm old school when it comes to basketball. All the players I've named are just the best players from the golden era. Kobe Bryant can make a case for the golden era, as do, as will Shaq, okay? I love some Shaquille O'Neal. Old school centers rule my world, okay? But if you want to put LeBron in the pantheon of greats, do us a favor. Don't. Now, another question. I've always said the only black mark I hold against LeBron is the 2011 finals. That's it. And the fact that he kind of created Golden State years in advance. Is there any particular thing that just makes you go LeBron can't be one of the greats? Because I, as a... LeBron hasn't been one of the greats since he's arrived. I'll give you a couple of I'll give you a couple of things. How can a man six foot eight, two hundred seventy pounds, built like well, you know the phrase I want to use, not have a post game? Right. Right. If Alex English, who is six foot seven and one hundred ninety five pounds, can post up the best of the best of the best, and he's done so in those multicolored Denver Nuggets uniforms. Why can't LeBron do the same thing? Ugly jerseys. Why does LeBron have a look on his face when Kawhi Leonard shows up in a game? And more importantly, since 
the, uh, the last two finals contained this person. Why can't LeBron defend Draymond Green? I, I And I've also said this too, and a lot of people gave me a lot of crap for it. Draymond Green's one of the most underrated players in basketball. Mm-hmm. I've said that since he's been in the league. I mean, he his I, defense alone makes him a top 15, for, top 20 player. Let me player. illustrate for you the hatred that I get and the pushback that I get. Christmas Day 2015, when the Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers at Oracle Arena, I made a statement on my Facebook page that said the following, and I quote, Draymond Green is a better forward than LeBron James. Wow. Do I need to tell you the You went do that I need far. To tell you the pushback I got? I can imagine. Because I, I, I can imagine telling me how can you I had someone comment the following and this is the God's honest truth. I had someone comment the following when they said how can you disrespect the king? Uh, the king's last name is Jordan, not James. Yeah, but what, in what areas is Draymond better in besides defense, though? <laughs> How about a post game? How about defense? How about scoring? How about running an offense? How about bringing your team together when they need to bring together? Do I need to bring you Christmas 2017 minus Stephen Curry when Draymond Green made a key pass to one Clay Thompson who buried the game-winning three? How about that? How about bringing your team? To, how about bringing your team together, not just in pressure situations, but to start the game? How about noticing changes as the game goes on? Do I need to go any further? Oh yeah, he does do that well, but so does Le- <laughs> so does LeBron. LeBron does everything you mentioned too. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. LeBron doesn't have a jump shot. LeBron can't hit a free throw. LeBron doesn't know how to take the game-winning shot, nor does he mm. have the nerve. Yes, cause, <laughs> yes, because Draymond's probably hit a ton of game-winning shots. I mean, he's not known for that Actually, either. Draymond's, Draymond's well, made game-winning plays. He may okay. Let me cover, let me make a correction. He may not have hit them, but he set them up. Okay, that's fair. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I like Draymond too. I just I feel like besides the defense, he doesn't do much else better than Le- than LeBron does. Oh, better than LeBron. His raw yes, his raw does. defense. No, no, I'm not. I'm not well, Mike Guido. I'm gonna say he's an overrated player. He's a, he's a very good and valuable player. I'm just saying, I I don't see anything else besides the raw defense. You brought up Mike Guido. <laughs> Have you been looking at basketball lately? He's yeah. talking to you, Speedy. Yeah, no, I, I good answer. No. <laughs> Yeah, right, I have. I I'm go good at. I will call in soon. That's All right, Mr. Snow. Thank you very much. I'm glad to uh, have you. your brilliance on my show. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You check him out on Snowman in the morning. As you can tell, he's a genius. I strongly recommend everyone go watch. <laughs> oh my god! If you, you want found, to be informed you just about found basketball, your your if you were cloned, you just found your basketball he's, prototype. He's he's. <laughs> The smartest man besides myself I've ever met in my life. <sighs> I'm so happy that I, I don't even know what to go on with. Actually, are you are you glad you're actually now not the biggest LeBron critic ever? <laughs> yeah. If you think I hate LeBron, I don't want to hear that anymore. I tried to defend him just now. I had him. I had him as a top ten grade. He didn't even have him there. I agree. Kobe's better than LeBron. I wouldn't have said Miles. I would have said like a street or two. Right. Miles? Mm. I don't know. That's a, But hey, listen. 
kudos, kudos to Mr. Snow because that, let me tell you something, that takes cojones to say what he said. And I, I agree with him. I agree with him a thousand percent. Anyway, I didn't do this earlier, so we'll do it now. We're going to go around the world in sports, and then Speedy, you're going to try to pick my brain. Ready? And here we go. The RBC Canadian Open. That's golf for those of you golf lovers at home. Keenan Bradley leads with a minus seven score. Shane Lowry, Swing Hay Im, Nick Taylor, and Eric Van Ruyen are tied at second minus six. Obviously, the NHL Stanley Cups represented by Sports on the Go Ones, Errol Marks. Go check out the Snapchat if you want to know why. That's funny. Not really. I guess it doesn't matter, but fine. The Blues are up one nothing as the Bruins are on a power play. There's eight minutes left in the second period. The Oakland A's and Mike Trout will play at 10.07. The Washington Nationals will take on the San Diego Padres at 10.10. The Astros have beaten the Seattle Mariners 8-7 and get this, 14 innings. The damn near played two games. The Cubs beat the, I'm sorry, the Rockies beat the Cubs 3-1. The Brewers have found their form again and they beat the Marlins 5-1, which is huge. The Cardinals. Took you long enough. Yeah, right. Yelich went nuts. Uh, Cardinals beat the Reds 3-1. The Red Sox beat Mike, uh, Mike. Wilt, ah, my God. Witt Merrifield, 7-5. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the Tigers, 6-1. The Pirates beat the Braves, 6-1. That's probably why they signed Dallas Keuchel. The Mets beat the Giants, 7-3. The, get this, the Rangers are beating the Baltimore Orioles, 3-2 in the bottom of the fifth. The Yankees and Clint Frazier are beating the Blue Jays, 6-1 in the bottom of the eighth. And the Twins are beating the Indians, 5-3. Oh, surprise, surprise. Max Kepler has three home runs in that game. Surprise, surprise. If only somebody would have had the foresight to say the Twins were a better team than the Indians and would win the division. Damn. I wish we hired that guy. Who? Me. You're going to hire yourself? Yep. (laughs) Okay. And since I hired myself... I'm going to give myself a raise. Is that going to go to your island with you and... and Mr. Snow? And Snow. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) We're going to build ourselves a casino. Maybe in a strip club since we're the only ones there. There, I took a LeBron shot. I missed. Um, So that was your world of sports. When we come back from our last break, brought to you by whoever you're about to hear, you have questions? I can find them, yeah. I'll find some answers next on the home stretch. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. And manage the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the home, Tyler Harrison, am I right? And normally this would be Speedy's Playhouse, but it's not Wednesday. So we are asking the questions. We are resuming our questions game. The original questions that you and Guido had in the Who? competition. The guy that you thought you were going to beat 50 nothing. That guy. Errol? 
Oh, him too. Yes, that's right. I forgot you. I forgot you guys had your own set. And then uh, he got. Did you get annoyed or he got annoyed? I got pissed off. Yeah, and I stopped answering that. questions. All right. Well, regardless, up four, two, we will be using those questions, and I'll use it on a judgmental basis. I will critique it accordingly. So we will alternate different sports, and first we will start with football. Mm. So. Which division of either conference has the best chance of spawning three playoff teams? Oh, this is easy. You said any division. Correct? Any division, yep. I mean, this is going to be a boring answer, but I think it's the right one. Um, deadlocks to go in the playoffs. Carolina is going to be the best third team in the division. Any division. You could even argue they could be second if Cam Newton's healthy. I don't think it's even a debate. If I had to pick another one that wasn't so obvious, um, let's see. Uh, let's go. The AFC North would be the other guess. Yeah, that was another one I was thinking, too. Yep. But I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be as great as everyone else does. But again, it, if you, they're not going to be a bad team where they're not going to be a bubble playoff team. So Yeah, okay, that's fair. Those are the only two divisions I in, think are Yeah, in both. terms of – I think both responses are very good. The NFC South, I think, is the most talent in, the, in that division. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there will be a lot of factors for the Panthers to be able to do that, but they definitely did get better in some areas. I think, still think their secondary needs a little bit of work, but – better so you're looking at a case where they definitely did improve now obviously they do have to play the Saints, be set up in other places and the nfc south schedule it's not brutally hard so it's definitely something that can get play schedule for them is favorable so maybe they can take a leap on that and they're always one of those teams that seems to do well every other year from what it's from their current pattern obviously besides the you they do well when you least expect them to so I could definitely see that. So I will give you an A for that response. Thank you. And I do think the AFC North is reasonable too, just because of the the fact that I think they actually have the own division has a lot of question marks. So it's definitely interesting. I don't think the fact that the Ravens still having a lot of talent around him. Like, I don't think they're You're not getting the playoffs though with seven. No, I know that, but I'm just the bad like leader and they if they use him too much and if he causes trouble with the rest of the team like the absolute worst case scenario they're still seven and nine if Lamar Jackson does what he does in terms of like running when he needs to can make short throws just enough and he is just who he is supposed to be and the rest of the team can just function the way they will be they'll be fine because they're still a very talented team right they still have outside rushers. We both like their secondary. Their front three is good. Their offensive line's pretty good. They bring, they brought in Mark Ingram to help out their running game, along with the young running backs they had last year. They have talents on that team. So, again, I I really think the worst case is if again Lamar Jackson is just that bad or that much of a locker room problem or something like that, where. It just explode. It explodes on them, but they're usually not that kind of team, though. The Ravens. They're not. All they right. normally don't make bad decisions either, but they have. Right. 
All right, so good one for football to start. Now let's go to MLB. Which player do you think has the best chance of finishing with a batting average over 350? Well, there's two players currently over that, Cody Bellinger and Austin Meadows. Nolan Arenado is sniffing around there. And then there's Jorge Polanco, Jeff Neal, and David Dahl. Michael Brantley, Josh Bell, Rendon, Tim Anderson, and Yelich. I'm going to actually go with Nolan Arenado here. I think, again, Coors Field in this type of instance helps a ton. Regardless, I don't think that makes Nolan Arenado the player he is. I think it will help him elevate the average to 350 and stay there. Austin Meadows to cool off 320, 315, and send the year at 350 or higher. You know a rank, like where that stands in? Third. Baseball? Okay. I'm just trying to factor that in. All right. Just Bellinger and uh, Austin Meadows are the only ones that. Now, in terms of the schedule layout, I think the Rockies still have more home games than road to end this on the road. Because, again, he has had years like uh, in the past as other Rockies players. So, looking at the... Because you're falling from 3... What, 72? He's at right now? 370. 370. Which, it's more likely at this point in the season for your batting average to go down more than it is to go up. So, again, I don't see it getting higher by any stretch. But at the same time, it's also something where it's also hard for stats like that to fluctuate too much either. So it's going to be interesting to see how much it drops off. But looking again, looking at this schedule for the Rockies, they do have most of their games left at home. So I I do think that is a big boost for Arenado. So I will again give you an A on this response as well. All right, so we'll move on now to the NBA, and this seems to be fitting because free agency is coming up. Um, I don't think that's even close. I think it's Kawhi, and I think it's Kawhi by a lot. Now, I've said that he's most likely going to L.A., and I stand by that, but the question is who's more likely to stay. Jim Butler, I think, is going to go where the money is, and I think he's going to be, if Kyrie Irving can't convince Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn, which I don't think he is, he wants to play. He's been wanting to play with Jimmy Butler for like eight years. That's a thing. That's gonna happen. And to be honest, I think they have very compatible styles. I don't think there's much of a issue there with those two playing together. And Kawhi Leonard, if Kawhi Leonard wins a championship this year and brings that back to Toronto, and he leaves ninety million dollars on the table, I don't know. That seems like a lot to risk. All I will say is that I think Kawhi Leonard easily is a better bet to stay in Toronto than Jimmy Butler is to stay in Philly. All right. Reasonable stuff there. Here's the only thing that I don't, I'm not sure about. You mentioned the $90 million, which, yeah, if you stay with your current team, you get the extra year, you get the extra money, fine. It just doesn't seem like Kawhi Leonard, though, is very interested in the money, though. It seems I agree like, with that, but the money plays a role. I know, but how much of a role in comparison to that is the only thing I'm not sure about. Because you're right, if they do win a championship, that'll increase his chances of staying 
obviously the front office is going to try to convince him either way to stay, even win or lose, but it just seems like Kawhi Leonard has never been seeking out the money. He just seemed like he wanted to be seeking out of San Antonio initially, then now obviously he's aiming to play in L.A. Like, he's in. He seemed like more and more he just wanted out of Pittsburgh. And look, look at the market. The the Jets gave him four years, fifty three million. Like, that's not. He's worth a lot more than that. Agreed. But- so I I feel like Kawhi Leonard's kind of in that same situation now. So I don't know how much of the money is going to play into that, and that's going to make it a lot harder. Now, for most players, that would make a difference in terms of staying with your team. You get the extra money. You get the extra year on that on that super max contract. Fine, but. I don't know if it necessarily has applied to him just based on what we've been seeing and tracking with Kawhi Leonard. Again, it's not bad. I just think that end of it is not Kawhi Leonard to me. So, let's go back to the NFL now. Will we see either a division champ as either a division champ or a wild card an 8 and 8 team in the playoffs this year? Wait, what? One more time. Will we see an eight and eight team? Whether so this is football. whether yeah, in football, whether it's a, di- a weak division winner or a wild card team in the playoffs this year. At eight and eight, yes. Eight and eight. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. No. You don't think so? Why? I think Dallas and Philly will win more than eight games. I think Chicago will win more than eight games. Rams and Seahawks, to me, can win eight. The Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Chargers will win eight or more games. The Jaguars, to me, can win eight or more games. The Titans can win eight or more games. The Colts can win eight or more games. The Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals, to me, can all, I'm sorry. I forgot the Browns. The Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens, to me, can win eight or more games. I think the Steelers will be eight and seven and one or eight and eight, but I don't think they're a playoff team. And then New England is going to win 12 or 11 games every year. I I don't see a playoff team gaining at eight and eight. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a typical popular response there because most Nothing I say is typical. Take that back. Yeah, but again, most years don't have that anyway, so you're dealing with a case of the talent on paper and analyzing it. Obviously, who you predict as playoff teams will be different from what I predict or what anyone else will predict. So judging that standpoint, it's reasonable. Now... Taking into account schedule factors, though, you didn't really do that as much. I didn't look at the schedule. Do you think... No, 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 but even just... Not not the order of the games, necessarily, just the opponents. Do you think the talent of some particular teams that have tough schedules... I look at the AFC South. you, You brought up Jacksonville. You brought up Indianapolis. I know you like the Titans, too. And then the NFC West as well. I know you, you've been harping on the 49ers for a while. Do you think that could take into account, though, the 
way the season ends up for those particular teams because talent wise Jacksonville I think could be a double digit win team I think I think talent wise Tennessee can be a double digit win team but it doesn't always happen that way because of scheduling factors is there anything that holds that back in particular I mean this doesn't matter if your schedule's tough I can't see us better than what they were last year I think Green Bay is going to be what they were last year Minnesota, I think they're going to be what they were last year. The Saints will be what they were last year. They might lose four or five games more, but they're still a playoff team. Atlanta, me, will make up four or five games. Carolina is going to be better. Tampa Bay will be about what they were. The Rams are going to fall back, but Seattle backwards. The Bills, I think, will either stay where they are or go up. The Jets are going to go up. The Ravens are either going to stay where they are or they might lose a game or two less. The Bay- I think the Steelers will lose a couple games more. I think the Browns are going to win a few games more. I think Cincinnati will lose a few games more. Houston's going to have one of the biggest drop-offs in the NFL. Indianapolis is going to have a small drop-off. Tennessee, I can see staying where they were, and I think Jacksonville is going to be 10 times better than they were last year. The Chiefs, how much of a change in the NFL? It tends to think that way a lot of the time, but never usually is, especially in the NFL. I think it's reasonable. The only division I personally could see it in is the NFC West. Just it is really hard, and everyone thinks of the Rams as that overly tight. I could see a division winner at eight and eight, but that's really the only. We'll see which direction you want to go in this with this, because I know there's a guy you hate, but it's a being fired during the season if his team over underperforms. I know what everyone wants my answer to be. And I want my answer to be what you think, too. But it's not going to happen. Aaron Boone's not getting fired. Aaron Boone, Kevin Cash, Alex Cora are solidified in their jobs. The Twins are not firing their coach. They're playing way beyond expectations, except mine, because I'm the only one that called it. Terry Francona, I think, would leave at this point on the fact that he doesn't want to coach anymore. But again, I don't think Cleveland, Detroit, eh, I don't think so. Houston, Texas, and Oakland are all... Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm actually going to say... I mean, to me, the only real logical choice... got fired midseason. Then Dios can get fired. This team is just... It's not his fault at all. This team has a couple... Billy Hamilton's a stud. Alex Gordon's having a career year. Shell himself. I don't know what happened. But I, I think that... When Holbert Bailey is your two or three starter, you're in trouble. Ian Kenny's in the bullpen now. It's not his fault. Lacks on merit. But if out of the American League teams, they all have either young or established coaches. And they're Cal- – I mean, maybe Mickey Callaway. If I had to pick a National League star at 500, they're not firing their guy. He's a new guy too, I think. Yeah, he's been- I'm pretty sure they're one of the wild card teams. Yeah, they're a half game out of the wild card. They're not firing their guy. So you got to look at teams that have a young team with an old coach, and that would be Ned Yost, which would suck for me because Ned Yost is an old-school manager, but I don't know. Maybe Mike Matheny gets a job there. I don't know. All right. Well, it's interesting that you went in that direction. I was thinking maybe you would go in the direction of a talented team that is underperforming or a talented team that maybe is being mismanaged. But 
again, it's not a bad answer considering the direction of baseball and con- considering the direction of the rebuilding team. Because Yost is an older school manager. He's one of the best. He's very creative. He's always, always been good with his lineups. He's always been good with his, with his strategy. So a similar facet to the way that they've built their teams in the past, though, too, to the point where maybe you do want to hang on to him. So it's definitely interesting, but again, not a bad answer. A, a surprising one, but not a bad answer. I will give it an A. All right, so we'll go to NBA now. Let's see. All right, after this NBA question, one more of each, and then we're out of here. Okay. You said all right. No. I know you. I know it's fitting because you don't think he's going here anyway. Huh. You want to know who my answer is? And let me just, there's going to be a lot of ifs to my answer, okay? So let, let's clarify this. If Anthony Davis hits free agency with Tennessee's, these are the type of things you plan years in advance. Okay. This team has proven they can land superstars that no one thinks they'll get. They've had guys buy into systems. They've had guys take pay cuts to go play there. They've got two or three or four leaders, depending on if he does, if one of them retires or not that can coerce and kind of relax an ego to go and play there. If Golden State loses Kevin Durant, they have all the money in the world to go sign Anthony Davis. He's a fit. He is by he would be the missing piece. Length, size, uh versatility. He can defend five through into the ball. Steph Curry doesn't have to worry about that all the time. He can hit threes, he can hit twos, he can draw fouls, he can rebound and win. Anthony Davis, if he gets traded and he doesn't win a title where he gets traded to, that's going to be his option. That's going to be what he looks at. Steph Curry has proven to recruit these guys. Klay Thompson would still be there. Draymond's still there. They're still going to be a top five team in basketball with or without Kevin Durant. If they lose Kevin Durant, do not be surprised if Anthony Davis goes to Golden State. However, you did say, where do I see him going? I've been on the record for weeks now saying Kevin Durant's staying in Golden State. So, because I have to play like I'm right, I will say that I'm right. That, I mean, pop, winning, ball movement, a very good, very good, uh, what's the word, recruiter, I guess is the word. I know Rich Paul wants to go play in L.A., but basketball-wise, and I said this when LeBron was a free agent. It makes basketball sense for these guys to go there. Popovich knows what to, Rudy Gay might not still be there. LaMarcus Aldridge might be gone too, but that just means they had the money. They Portal would still be there. DeRozan would still be there. There, There's good players there, and you have an established culture there. Anthony Davis. Surprising answer. Aldridge. Sure, Aldridge, they got Aldridge. Fine. Who's not, in most people's minds, LaMarcus Aldridge is not an A free agent. He was the best free agent that year. It's not like LaMarcus Aldridge went around the league. I believe he went up and then back. I think he had two meetings with each team and picked San Antonio. Okay. So he was the best free agent that year. 
I'm just saying you're dealing with a sample size of that. Now, Popovich, yes, he does have a great reputation, and that should lure in players. However, again, he could also be picky with it too. So that's something to factor in. But I do like the boldness of the answer, though. I think it's it's out of the box. A lot, not a lot of people. Did you expect anything else? Factor it in. So I do like the the gutsiness to make that response. I think it's reasonable for players. I think it's always has always has been reasonable for them to believe that San Antonio is a good option. I just again, I, based on the sample of just all these free agents and players moving around, it just seems like these they don't always care about that kind of stuff. And you mentioned it too, like not you always say not everyone cares about winning and stuff like that. So I it's definitely a factor. But again, it's a good response. So I will give it an A minus. It's it's up and down. I think it could happen, but it's going to be hard. All right. So NFL, the last one uh, for today for for NFL. Which team that already has a starter in place? To draft a first-round quarterback, I guess, next year. Well, the Giants would have been my answer. Yeah, unfortunately. They still might be my answer. No, but then they turn into the guys that So what we do you were... mean? Now, let me just clarify. What do you mean by starter? Like A, they, a guy, every that, team's gonna have a a guy that is thought of as a starting quarterback. Like a franchise guy? Doesn't or have just to be. average it, I mean, every right. team anything, anything that's labeled as... Whether he succeeded or can succeed, he's done well enough to be a starter. Not a high well, end right. starter, but I just would an imagine that you want all right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna half ass this answer. I'm gonna go with teams that have a young guy already in place. So that knocks out Denver. That knocks out Oakland. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna go with a team that's established. With a veteran guy, because they're too easy of an answer. So I'll go with teams that are uh, have to replace a young guy. Uh, I think I already have my answer, but let's just do this. Oh, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. Ooh, Dallas might be an answer. Mm, it's not all. It's really not. And. Let me let, let me make this clear. It's highly unlikely to me, but I see that it that's a possibility. All the throws. Lamar Jackson does not have the hands to hold the football as a quarterback. He does not have the decision-making yet, and also he doesn't have the arm accuracy either or the arm strength. Listen, I know he won a Heisman in Louisville. I get it. But Lamar Jackson is... Just not a quarterback in the NFL. Tim Tebow couldn't do it, and Tim Tebow was a better thrower. Very good. This is a make-or-break year for him. We know what he is. And the Ravens can't waste the talent that they have with an unknown. If he really can't throw the ball, he really can't throw the ball. I think you nailed it. I'll give you the A-plus for that one. All right, so last one for MLB. Let's see. Who is the most well-rounded infielder? Well-rounded. Yes. Can do everything. Mm-hmm. Hit. What do you got? 
So when you say infielder, I'm assuming you don't mean guys that play only one position. As long as it's an infielder, primarily. <sighs> You're going to hate this. <laughs> you said well round. Uh, your boy, Lindor, Correa. Versatile. Most well-rounded. Most well-rounded. The most well-rounded infielder is somebody that can play all positions. So that knocks out at least half of. Has to do everything. And I'm going to ask you not to scald me immediately. Is actually Whit Merrifield. Well-rounded he is. Okay. He's a gold glove caliber, second, third, or shortstop in defensively. He is a leadoff hitter. He can hit second. He can hit third. He can hit seventh. He can hit eighth. He can hit sixth. He doesn't have a lot of power, but he has enough power to make him a versatile threat. He can walk. He can steal. He can double. He can triple. He can... He's going to hit 300 the rest of his career. I, and again, he's overshadowed because he's on a bad team, or a Philly, or a Dodger. This guy would be one of the best players in baseball. Let's not act like Mike Trout isn't forgotten about half the time, too. Just because he's on a small market team, and believe it or not, the LA Angels are a small market. They don't spend like it, but they are. Just because he's on a small market team doesn't mean the guy's not a great invite. What he does with 300, with nobody in the line of protection. And by the way, Hunter Dozier's hitting 314. That guy is going to be very good for a very long time. Game no one even talks about. I'm sorry. I know the I know the back. He is one of, if not the most versatile player in baseball. And if you're versatile, you're well-rounded. And vice versa. I'm sorry, what Merrifield's in- played much of the other infield positions that you've listed. He's listed as primary, second base, and outfield. Oh, right. He played three. No, that's not necessarily true. I have faith in him to do so. Most shortstops that fail as defensive shortstops move to second base because they can't do shortstop. You don't usually see the other way around. I mean, he's a little short, so all right. Now, his fielding percentage and other defensive metrics have all been great in those other areas. So you're right about the outfield. But again, we're talking about infield here. That doesn't, I don't know how much that necessarily applies in that argument when we're dealing with just an infielder. Now, if he had that, those other positions, fine. He played good at third base in the small sample size. But again, it's a very small sample size. Yeah, small sample size. So I don't know how much I could really deal with that. Offensively, he has nice numbers. Now, you mentioned he walks a lot, which is not true at all. He's His highest walk total is 61 in the season, and before that he only had 29 and 19. So you're dealing with a case where he doesn't walk much. Now, he does steal, which is a big deal. His on-base percentage is decent. I, I just think you, you there's still some stuff missing from that, and... The arguments of the versatility maybe isn't as strong. So, again, I'm I'm not gonna 
be very high with this one. Sorry. And yeah, I know it was bold, but I got to give it a B minus. So, last one, MB. Last one, what M. Did you just say? I said a B minus. Yeah. I feel sick. Oh my god. Wow. Alright, last one. Wow. Who is the worst front office in basketball and why? How times change. This would have been a no doubt New York Nick response. Last year, well no. Two years ago to I don't know. Two thousand five. Are you going to make me explain this? If you want. Lakers. Great, yeah. Lakers. <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. You 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 fired the president. You let let's go back. You hired a you hired a head coach to coach a team that was young. They played good. You whiffed you whiffed on a draft pick on a point guard, shipped him out to draft another point guard who turned out to be worse than the guy you whiffed on, and oh, by the way, the guy you whiffed on is an all-star. You brought in a coach who went 48-0 with Golden State to have him fired because you brought in a free agent star that didn't like him, that corrupted your team, but let's just talk about front office. The owner is listening to a girl that doesn't know anything about basketball. She's listening to a guy that's been out of basketball for years. She's listening to the president, who is all of L.A., telling him that he can fire somebody. Then, no, you can't. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, no, you can't. And now your star player wants to be traded. If you whiff on free agency, no free agent wants to go play for you right now. Then you're dragging Kobe through mud. What? I, Rob Palinka is just... Oh, my God. Then you hired a coach. Then you hired a, another head coach to be his assistant coach, but you paid him head coach money anyway. It just makes no flipping sense. Zero. Just give me an A and we'll close yep. the show. Yep, you got it. <laughs> that was a very reasonable argument for it. I don't think they're as bad as the Knicks yet, just because the Knicks haven't done anything positive in the last decade, but <laughs> they're good. One positive thing. Congratulations. <laughs> no, don't feel bad. Kobe Bryant played on a team with Smush Parker. Here <laughs> <laughs> Did you just insult me again? No. This team probably besides LeBron. I'd take Kobe over LeBron. Which, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I would take Kobe today over LeBron today. Right. And Kobe hasn't played a game of basketball in two years. All right. Interesting. Which is why I will formally retire as a Lakers fan and wear my Steph Curry jersey proudly. So you're going to pull off a Mikey C. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm not even going to a rival. I'm going to a Derek Jeter-led organization. Right. Seth Curry's Derek Jeter-like. Get over it, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway. Thanks for upsetting me, Speedy. Thank you. Was it me? It was you. You answered the. You asked the question. Oh well. Okay. I'm judging the the quality of the question. Okay. Interesting. You. I'm sure there's another question there you could have asked. There are, but I chose that one. Because. Why you wanted to do it this time? No. I'm just mad at you right now, and I didn't want you to snap. Oh. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Fine. Speedy. Your former host. <laughs> junior? No, I can stay mad at Junior for a long time. Oh, well, yeah. I had a former host. Yeah, that guy that said that defense doesn't matter in baseball. Oh, yeah. We just let him host because we knew that I had to give the meat of the segment. He was, <laughs> he was just the bread and bread he was just the bread and butter I was I was the middle but again you could stay at, mad at him for a while too yeah well that's because he was an idiot anyway I'm just kidding kind of not really but I am I, I don't know anymore if I'm kidding or not anyway you had to bring up the fact Kobe's retired huh You have to bring up the, you brought up the fact of the Giants too. So what? What Giants? You gave me a team, and I said, "Oh, Ouch. <laughs> for that." Ugh. I mean, it's not like you drafted Daniel Jones. <laughs> Payback's a bitch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, they might be worse than the Lakers too. <laughs> oh, Dave Gettleman's gonna get fired after this game. Anyway. We are in the end game now. Um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, thank you, Earl Marks, for being at the Stanley Cup Finals. That's a pretty big deal, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm not there, but it's a pretty big deal. Um, had I been there, I'd probably get arrested, so it's fun. But, um, yeah, Speedy, where can you find our amazing show? Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. I love when he talks like that. We are here every day, Tuesday through Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. Or I'm not I'm not even going to say 8 to 10 anymore because we never leave at 10, ever. So I'm not saying 8 to 10. 8 to whenever the hell I want. How does that sound? Accurate. <laughs> oh, Speedy. You're going to get thrown out the window. Anyway, I shouldn't say that on radio. There's traces of Evans. Yeah, and suspicion. Yes, it's all right. Your grandpa wouldn't assume me. He'd assume Guido. (laughs) Yes. But we're going to bid you adieu now. Speedy, say your goodbyes. Thanks for listening, and have a good... I feel like I can sing. 
my sinning grade would probably be the lowest grade I ever got on this network. I got nothing but A's today. You were bogus and gave me a B minus to grade your performance today. How does that sound? No. What? No. You can tell me. No, it's my show. No. No what? Just I'm going to no. give you a grade right now. No, you're not. <laughs> One. You know what your grade is? No. What? No. Why do you keep saying no? Because I'm not accepting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you an F. Good. Now can I give I'll give you extra credit right now. See ya! You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.